Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. We're continuing on our series, Basic Training, and might be saying, basic training, come on, church, what are we talking about here? We're really talking about getting back to basics about what it means for you and I to be Christians, to be followers of Jesus Christ, to have faith in Him. And we've got to get back to the basic truths. And with those basic truths, we move into the next phase where we talk about how do we live out of those truths. And then we talk about our mission in the final phase. So we've been laying down in this first phase, truth, a foundation of truths for you and I to live on it. And we've been progressing a little bit. And if you notice, let's think back over the last few weeks what we've done. We started out first talking about the fall of man through Adam and Eve and about how their decision affected all of us. We then moved to talking about how that decision affected our very natures. We talked about the nature of fallen man. We then moved on which is what we talked about last week, and we talked about the reality of hell. And the fact is, is that fallen man, because of sin, is going to hell. Whether you like that or not, that's reality. Now, because of all of that, because of our understanding of how sin entered into the world through Adam and Eve and affected us, because of our understanding of how we are affected and guided by, really, ourselves, Satan, and the world, and because of the reality that we carried with us a death penalty, we all deserve to go to hell, we can now understand what we're going to talk about today. Because what we're going to talk about today is the substitute. Because I want you to understand something. You have got to understand what your condition was before salvation to understand salvation. You've got to understand what your need was before to understand what Jesus did for you and be able to embrace it. See, if you don't understand where you were heading before, you're not going to understand what he's doing for you now. You're not even going to understand the preciousness of the eternal life that he gives you when you realize what your destiny was before. But most of us don't even operate that way. In fact, we take for granted what Jesus did for us. What do you mean by that, George? We take for granted. Well, let me explain something to you. When you realize that the sins that you and I commit are the ones that put him on the cross you're going to realize real quickly that, you know what? What I do does affect people. It resulted in the death of a man. And that's what we're going to talk about today, the substitute. Because the fact of the matter is, if, if God did care for us, if he didn't love us, every one of us would be going to hell. But for one man and his actions towards us. So let's, let's, let's take a look at this passage here. We're going to look at it in a moment, but I'm going to describe to you, first of all, the reality. Then we'll look at the passage. Here's the reality. If we're going to understand what Jesus did for us, we've got to consider two things. First of all, the reality. The first thing is, humanity is condemned because of sin. You know, it, there's this thought process I've been recognizing a lot these days. Everybody thinks everybody's going to heaven. Have you noticed that? Am I the only one who notices that? I mean, they could be a schmuck. And when, they, when you're at their funeral, he's going to heaven. 
He couldn't care less about God all of his life, but then all of a sudden, we're going to see him on walking on the streets of gold. And that's the reality of where we live today, where everybody's going to make it. That's the American mentality. Everybody's going to make it because everybody's okay. My friends, that's not true. The reality is, listen to what the Bible says, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, a very well-known verse, a lot of you know this verse, for the wages of sin is death. The reality is, is that our sin requires death. Humanity is condemned because of sin. Not everybody's going to make it. No matter how much you wish they will. Humanity is condemned because of sin. Now here's the reality. Here's the second thing you and I have to grasp. The punishment is eternity in hell. The punishment is eternity in hell. Now this is another one that we don't like to grasp. Because everybody's going to make it. So nobody's going to hell except the really, really bad people like Osama bin Laden or some, some mass murderer somewhere. Nobody, I mean, uh, or your worst enemy. He deserves to go there. But everybody else is going to make it. That's not reality. Listen, listen to me. In fact, we, we talked about this last week, Revelation chapter 20, verse 15. And anyone not found in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. Here's reality, my friends. The reality is, is that humanity is condemned and the punishment is hell. Now, here's we've got to stop for a moment. Before we move on and talk about what Jesus did, I've got to make this point. Whether you accept those two points or not really doesn't matter. They're valid whether you accept them or not. You understand what I'm saying? Because you might be here you might be a part of that growing percentage that doesn't believe in hell, or you might be a part of that growing percentage that thinks everybody's going to make it, and you might say, well, I don't agree with you, George, that's fine, but that does not change the reality and the validity of the truth. The fact is, everyone is condemned because of sin, and the punishment is hell. That's reality. And you say, how do you know that? Because Jesus told us that. You understand? So, now, when you understand where we're at, when you understand the reality facing mankind, and here's a third point. I didn't give you this third point, but you want to mark it down. Just write this one down right below that second one. Here's the third point. You can't do anything about it. You hear what I said? You can't do anything about it. Humanity is condemned because of sin. The punishment is eternity in hell. And here's the third point. You can't do anything about it. Do you understand that? No amount of good deeds, no amount of money that you're throwing into play, no amount of church attendance, no amount of helping old ladies cross the street or shoveling out their walk this time of year is going to get you there. Because you can't do anything about it. Now do you understand the need for Jesus? Because we're helpless. So now let's look at Romans. Now let's look at what he's saying to us. We're going to look at just six verses, verses 6 through 11, and read what Paul writes. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. 
Yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more having been reconciled we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Let's look at a few things here. First of all, we're going to talk about God's love. Verse 6 tells us something very interesting. Look at what verse says. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Here's the first thing I want you to see. In the midst of our hopelessness, in the midst of our hopelessness, God acted. Think about that for a moment. Remember what I just said to you? The reality is, the reality is, is you can't do anything about it. Have you ever been in a situation where you could not do anything about it? How did you feel in that kind of situation? Every one of us has been in that kind of situation, haven't we? Where no matter what you try to do, it doesn't work. Stuff keeps falling apart. Stuff's blowing up all around you. And you can't do anything about it. How do you feel in the midst of that? Let's be honest. We feel what? Hopeless. That's the reality of mankind. In fact, Paul puts it this way. Look at what he says in verse 6. For when we were still without strength, when we were still without the ability to do anything, in the midst of our hopelessness, God acted. Isn't that a wonderful picture of God's love? Isn't that a wonderful picture of the love of God that He, in the midst of what the fact that we can't do anything about it, it's like, God, what am I going to do? I'm helpless. I'm stuck here. He did something. He sent His Son, Jesus, to die for us. Man, isn't that wonderful? God acted in the midst of our hopelessness. What love? Here's the, here's the thing. Look at verse 7 now. Look at what he says. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. Here's what I'm saying. Jesus' sacrifice was beyond the norm. It's beyond the norm. Here's what the norm is, okay? Parents, grandparents, listen to me. You know what I'm talking about. You would die for your kids, wouldn't you? If they were in trouble, you would give your right arm for them. You would be there for them. You would do whatever it took for them. That's normal, isn't it? Here's another normal. You would be there for your best friend as much as you could. If you really loved them and they were in you and there was a friendship there, you would do whatever it took for your best friend, right? Okay, let me tell you what the normal isn't. What you think right now in your mind is somebody you don't like. Your enemy. Would you do the same for them? Would you? Come on now. I should hear, no! Would you? No. My friends, here's what the Bible says. We were enemies with God. We were in rebellion against Him. 
And guess what he did for us? He still went the extra mile. He still died for us. He went beyond the norm. He went beyond the norm for you and I. Don't you grasp the reality of what Jesus did? See, this is why, to to me, I'm going to be honest with you, and I suffer from this too, so I can't sit up here on a high horse and talk to you and say, this is where you guys are at. This is where we're at. Here's where we're at. We don't really appreciate what Jesus did for us. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you think about the way we live our lives every day, and we don't grasp the reality that we were headed to hell, and He just stepped in and said, I'll take their place. We don't appreciate it. We're flipping about it. Oh, well, you know, hey, I know I'm doing wrong, but Jesus forgives. Not so much flippancy. Don't you realize that what you're doing put Him on the cross? He went beyond the norm for you and I. That's what Paul's saying here. What love? Isn't that love? I don't know what love is. You understand? I don't know what love is unless I see it here and I'd say, man, that's, that's got to be love. That's got to be love. And so his, Jesus' sacrifice is beyond the norm. Now, I want you to notice with me now, we see God's love. Let's talk about Jesus now, the substitute, the substitution. Look with me, verses 8. Look at what he says, verse 8. But God demonstrated his own love to us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Here's what I'm saying. God expressed his love through the cross. God expressed his love through the cross. You know, I... Very rarely do I like some of the Christian bookstore hokey, uh, I, sometimes there are a lot hokey, Christianese sayings that, you know, you bumper sticker theology stuff. You know, I, a lot of that I don't like. But there was one time I did see a, a, a plaque that I thought was really good. And, 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 it, and the plaque was an interaction between a guy and Jesus. And Jesus, how much do you love me? Jesus said this much, and he stretched out his hands, and he died. You've got to admit that's powerful. See, that's the reality that Paul's talking about here in this passage. He expressed his love for you and I through the cross. You want to know how much he loved you? you know, and, and think about this. Sometimes I get this way, you get this way, don't you? Don't we get this way? We, we get into these moods. I, they, I, I have no other word for it but moods, where, where you start wondering, I wonder if God loves me. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, I wonder if God loves me. Everything's not going right. God, do you love me? Let me tell you something. You never have to ask that question. Why? Because he already showed you how much he loved you when he died. And listen, look with me. Look at verse 8. Look at your Bibles there for a minute. I want you to notice something about that love. It says that God demonstrated his love for us that while we were what? Yet sinners. So listen, have you noticed something? You know, this is the way we are with humanity. You know, let's take Brad over here. I'm going to show appreciation and love to Brad if he's doing right. 
Isn't that our tendency? But if Brad isn't doing right, I'm not going to show it to him. Isn't that our human tendency? We, you know, Brad, if you're not doing right, you can forget it, buddy. But if you're doing okay, I'm going to show you love and appreciation. Isn't that right? Isn't that how we are with our spouses with each other? As long as you're doing right, I'm going to show you love, honey. But if not, you're in the doghouse. Isn't that what we do? That's, hum- that's the human way of doing it. Listen to me. Look at what it, verse 8 says. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's love, isn't it? Let me tell you about that love. That love tells you something. That love isn't based on you. That love is based on you. Do you hear what I'm saying? That love, right there, verse 8 tells you, He demonstrated His love, yet while we were sinners, Christ died for us. What? His love isn't based on you. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? How many of you woke up this morning feeling good? You morning people maybe did, but you non-morning people didn't. You wanted that coffee. You didn't feel safe this morning. But you know what? Here's my friends. Christianity isn't based on feelings, is it? Christianity is based on what Jesus did for you. While we were yet sinners, what? He expressed his love through the cross. What a substitute. Let's go on now. We've got to go into the next verse here. here. Here's the next one. You say, George, you're really fired up this morning. You better believe it when you talk about Jesus and the cross. Here's what he did. His death saved us from God's wrath. Look with me, verse 9. Look at what it says. Much more, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath, from wrath through him. Much more, having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. What wrath are we talking about there, George? Remember what I said. The reality is this. Humanity is what? Facing an eternity in hell. That's the wrath I'm talking about. You understand what the Bible says, like in 1 John chapter 2, that he is the propitiation for our sins? You know what that word means, propitiation, that big Bible word? I, I, I understand the translators chose that word, but I wish they chose a word that everybody could understand. Here's what it means. Wrath satisfier. He satisfied God's wrath. He satisfied the judicial wrath of God. Here's what he's saying. His death saved us from God's wrath. Remember what I said? There was nothing you could do about it. He did it for you. Isn't that wonderful? We were hopeless and helpless. He did it all for us. What a substitution. And then finally, here's the other thing. Isn't this wonderful? Paul's got to go one step further here. Because here's the thing. Look at what he says here. Verse 10 through 11. Look at what he says. For when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through his death on the cross. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received the reconciliation. Here's what I want you to see. Jesus' sacrifice reconciles us to God. 
That's, all right. You say, okay, well, okay, what's the big deal here? Let me just take it once. Let me help you to understand what's going on. Let me think for a moment of an illustration to give you a point to help you to see what I'm saying. Let's say you live next door to me. And I don't know what happened with the ice. I got my big Suburban. And I come flying into my driveway, and I hit a patch of ice, and I go sailing into your carport, knock it down, and you just happen to be under it when I come flying in there. And I hurt you. Now, are you irritated with me? I mean, that George, that big machine, he needs to drive slowly on the ice, shouldn't he? But, you know, Lori's got food on the table, and I'm heading home. And I'm sorry. Now, now here's the wonderful thing, though. George is hopeless and helpless because I don't have the funds to, to repair your, your, your carport. And, and I sure don't have the funds to pay for those medical bills, especially these days. But I got eerie. Eerie what? Insurance. They take it. They, they step in and substitute it, pay for me, because that's why I've been paying the premiums. Now, they rebuild the porch, the carport. They even take care of the medical expenses and give you a little bit of money as a settlement. Let me ask you a question. The carport's done. You're back to health somewhat. Are you over your irritation with me? No. In fact, you could hold a grudge for me for the next 20 years. I remember when that George came flying in here, didn't know what he was doing. He was just thinking about food. He knocked it down, hurt me. Isn't that what we do? I mean, everything else could be put back in order. But there still could be animosity between us. Isn't that right? Here's what I want you to see. This is what Paul's telling us here. Because of our sins, we were condemned. Jesus paid the price for our sins. He satisfied God's wrath. The judicial penalty is wiped out. But he goes one step further. Rather than making sure that everything is okay as far as what God demands of us and that price being paid, he goes one step further. Because of his death, he now reconciles us with God. He makes amends. We're no longer enemies. We now enter into his family. You see what's going on there? Isn't that wonderful? He didn't just pay the price and, quote, make things right. He made it right with each other, with us and God. That's what the substitute did. See, you never have to question whether or not God loves you and cares for you. If you do, just look to the cross. Because there, he didn't just satisfy the wrath of God. He reconciled us with God so that you and I are now brothers and his children. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Man, have we lost it, haven't we? See, before, let me just stop for a moment. The whole series, the whole basic training series, can I be honest with you, is so that you are equipped for life. But the only way you're going to be equipped for life is to understand this point. That he died. That he satisfied God's wrath. He removed that penalty. And you're now his child. You reconcile. That's the only way you're going to be equipped for life. But so many of us, we just kind of go for the flow. We don't really know that. We wonder if he loves us. My friends, you should never wonder if he loves you. 
You say, okay, George, man, what do we do with this? Let me give you a question and a thought. Number one, do you realize your condition without Jesus? See, before you can understand what he did for you, you've got to understand what life was like without him. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Before you can realize what he did for you, you've got to look at what life is like without him. You know, this is something I'm continually reminded of in my life. And all I need to do is say, you know, Lord, what would life be like without you? And I need only look into my family and see what life would be like without me. Alcoholism, divorce. I know what it's like. See, here's my friend. You understand what I'm saying. Do you realize your condition without Jesus? Now, that's just a practical aspect. The theological reality, the truth of it is, beyond that, I'm going to hell without Jesus. I'm an enemy of God. Do you realize your condition without Jesus? See, I think you and I have to grasp the reality. We need to remember what it was like without Jesus. So then the final thing, here's the statement. Embrace Jesus' sacrifice for you. Embrace it. See, here's the thing. He did it for you. You just have to acknowledge it. What do you mean acknowledge it? You have to recognize it and accept that he did it for you and embrace it. Embrace it. Let me just make this point and I'll close. Some of you here right now, when you look at your Christian life, you're going nowhere. You wonder if God loves you. You wonder if He cares for you. You wonder if He's sapping you because of stuff you're not doing right. If God's sitting up there with a big cosmic control board saying, Oh, well, there He is. See, He hadn't got that acting together there. Let's make life miserable for Him. And that's our concept of God. He's this cosmic killjoy. And you're here and, and you want something more. But it just isn't happening. And you're saying, George, what do I do? Well, let me tell you what you do. The words of David in Psalm 51 come to mind. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Now, how do I do that? I go back to the cross. And I go to the cross and I look and see what he did for me. And I realize that he did it for me even when I didn't even ask him to. And I realize that he did it for me in spite of me. Because of his love for me. And I go and, and I embrace the love that was shown. That's where you go. Not to what you're doing, not to what you're not doing. Go back to the cross. Thank you for being with us this morning. 
And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.